If one lawsuit wasn't enough, Riverside Community College is involved in another lawsuit with regards to Title IX. The men's coach had to be held down by his assistant, calling me a liar, and he just kept yelling, why are you trying to jam me up, man? Our chancellor has two open sexual harassment lawsuits on him. My greatest concern is for Coach Berber's safety. I've pleaded, please help me, and they won't help me. We have academic fraud in our kinesiology department. The fact that you've been able to put up with that is frankly unbelievable because most people would not be able to withstand that. Alicia is a mom and her daughter is seeing all of this. And speaking of my daughter, I didn't know what she wanted to be for Halloween. She came <laughs> home from school and she dressed up like me. She had oh. my knee brace. She had my whistle. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I see my little girl. She's just so tough. She's very tough. She goes, get on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome first time listeners and returners to the sports deli where everyone deserves a seat at the table. What about f-ing Colin? Why does he not have a f-ing job? Because he's still being white balled. Why is Tom not speaking out about that? He should be his biggest f-ing ally. And he hasn't said one f-ing thing. A lot of people that have come on this show. I don't know why they've gotten some good f-ing jobs afterwards. Jim Rome in the jungle. It's right here in the sports deli, baby. We got some good ass karma right here. Let's f-ing go. <laughs> I love oh, man. it. I love it. We hope you enjoy today's show, everyone. All right, let's rock and roll. Hey, everyone. I wish we were coming to you under different circumstances, but nonetheless, this is an incredibly important story that we continue to cover. This is our third installment of the story of Alicia Berber, who continues to be working in unsafe conditions and fears for her and her assistants and her player safety. And we're going to update you on what's been happening we are joined today by Paul DeBolt, former Contra Costa Community College coach and current head coach at Napa Valley Community College in California. We are joined by senior captain Shannon Jordan, as well as Alicia's attorney, Dan Kolajay, as well as Santa Ana Community College head women's basketball coach, Flo Lapani. We obviously have the GOAT, Cheryl Miller. We have Judy Sweet, uh, first female president in the history of the NCAA. Uh, and we'll have some others here today. I've reached out to the New York Times, the Washington Post, and many others regarding this very important topic that is uh, unfortunately continuing to happen. And we are going to continue to update things as they happen. And I'm going to be posting daily until this situation is resolved. So this is day three of my uh, post on all social media platforms. I encourage all of you to do the same. And there will be a link in um, my bio uh, to be able to purchase the same shirts that you see Alicia and I wearing right now, uh, equality in women's sports. And uh, Cheryl's wearing it as well. Yeah, she's repping. So we're trying to get this out to everybody. So, you know, it's just a, it's a team effort and we just need to get everybody on board to, you know, there's a lot of things that everybody's fighting for, uh, but this Mm -hmm. is just one of those things in the 50th anniversary of title nine. Normally we have guests on to share their stories and this is sort of a different uh, story that not many people know about, but we need to get it out to the masses. And that's why we're continuing to bring Alicia on to share what is continuing to happen. So Flo, why don't you go ahead and start? uh, Because I know your time is limited about your experience with Alicia. Um, thanks for doing this, Mike. I, so first of all, I've known Alicia. We've known each other for a bunch of years. We played against each other back in the day, and we've come, you know, 
come along, I think, together. I know Alicia very well. The highest character, you know, the reason she coaches is to affect young women's lives and help them, you know, in their journey, become part of something that's greater than themselves. So it really pains me that she's going through this at her institution. Why can't we use that energy to make sure that everybody gets their access to education support? Yeah, and I want to bring in Judy because Judy, uh, you know, I've said it a few times on this show about how she would be getting real mail back in the day, snail mail and, and hate mail all kinds of things about her, you know, doing a man's job, taking men's jobs. And so Judy, I want to bring you in because it's like we're living in the nineties all over again with Alicia. And, you know, you've had a lot of influence in this area. You were one of the pioneers uh, in so many ways. And I'm personally honored that um, you continue to trust the space to get this message out. You know, the, for those of you watching or listening for the first time, these are not things that might've happened. These things have been done in public. They have continued into their third decade. Talking about it for just the last five seconds after introducing Judy, I can feel my blood boiling again. Um, and I can't even imagine. Okay, come on, big dog. Come on, So Judy, why don't you give us a little bit of perspective as to sort of the history and, and why this is so probably mind-blowing even to you, but not surprising. Thanks, Mike. Let me start by saying, Alicia, you are amazing. Your persistence and your strength is to be commended. Thank you. I would walk away. So thank you for staying the course. Thank you. Sadly, I have heard too many stories that are similar, not exactly the same, but similar. And it's caused a lot of those women to drop out of coaching, which is a major loss. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a question on where you are in the lawsuit. I read your lawsuit. And I also am curious if you've met Diane Militinovich. Do you know that name? No, I don't. Diane was an administrator at Fresno State. And she went through a situation that was as ugly as what you're experiencing. And they won their lawsuits. So she may be able to give you some perspective. I don't know how your institution could continue the behaviors that they've had. They've been called out. They know that you are willing to stay the course, but yet they continue such awful behaviors. I don't understand it. Maybe you can give me some insights that will help me to understand it. But first of all, I'd like to know where you are in regards to your suit and has that made a difference? Um, yeah, as far as um, the, the lawsuit, my lawyer just jumped on here. So maybe he can speak to that. I okay. that was perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> Do the best I can. Hey, Daniel, man. thanks for jumping on today. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, glad to support Alicia and all that we are working on here. It's beyond trying. We're putting a full uh, full bore effort on this. Yeah, I don't know if you heard uh, Judy's question. Judy was the first uh, female president in the history of the NCAA, former athletic director at the University of California, San Diego, and instrumental in the evolution uh, of Title IX, not just in education, but in uh, athletics 
uh, and women's athletics in particular. Shannon, thanks for joining us today. But Daniel, you know, Judy asked, uh, where are we with the lawsuit? I know you can't talk about anything regarding me uh, mediation, but if you can give us some of the legalities of where we're at, and uh, we're obviously going to talk about what's happened recently after the meeting with the vice president, um, after there was an agreement in place that the mistreatment and violations continue. Right. Well, you know, this has been, in a sense, a uh, more than 10-year struggle for Alicia. We had a prior lawsuit against uh, RCC. Uh, that one was uh, resolved out of court after litigation was initiated. That it resulted in some shakeup at the district, including the removal of Barry Meyer. Um, and uh, we thought, hoped, perhaps is a better way to put it, uh, that changes would be enacted. In fact, the settlement agreement provided for additional training uh, for the faculty and others uh, in order to hopefully improve the environment there. Unfortunately, uh, Alicia's experienced continued harassment and hostility in her workplace um, and culminating in the recent events. What's extraordinary really is that we filed the second lawsuit reluctantly because Alicia is not looking to get into a spat with her employer, obviously. That's sort of a last resort. She tries to work within the system, but now uh, obviously had no alternative but to go towards a lawsuit. And uh, and what's, like I said, extraordinary is that after filing the lawsuit, the retaliatory efforts have just right. ramped up. I mean, we've documented them through um, internally, but we haven't uh, amended the lawsuit yet, but we intend to, uh, to add those additional uh, acts of retribution in effect. Uh, the most recent one being uh, where she's, she and her team are subjected to kids from the who are students on the men's basketball team throwing balls against the door while she's practicing and, and teaching her class. And, you know, I don't know at this point, I'll be frank, I don't know at this point whether the coaches had anything to do with that directly, whether this is something where those students simply got out of hand. But I can't help but think that the coaches had something to do with it directly or indirectly in that they're not maintaining control over their players. They're not educating them. Alicia has uh, continuously educated her students on proper conduct and behavior. And that's something she emphasizes discipline with her students constantly. When they got out of line, she puts them right back in place and, and reminds them of their responsibility, not only to themselves, but to the team and to the school and to represent uh, properly uh, who they are and uh, what, they, uh, what they represent, what they're playing for, what they're studying for you know, and their, their long-term goals. And uh, that's something that all genders should be emphasizing, you know, all teams should be emphasizing. And unfortunately, what has seemed to, what not seemed to emerge, has emerged clearly is a uh, hostility towards Alicia and her team for basically asserting what they are entitled to, which is simple, basic human rights and rights as students, which includes having the right to be in class from this period and that period unfettered. I mean, imagine if you're in the middle of a men's basketball game and, and the women's team just starts walking onto the court. That's not going to be okay. No one's going to look at that as being acceptable behavior, but that's what's happening on, on a regular basis. And at, there's a point at which students have responsibility, but there's a greater responsibility 
of those who are instructing them. Remember, coaches are not just coaches, they're instructors. These are faculty members who are not adhering to their faculty responsibilities, both to their students, but in the context of the lawsuit, more importantly, to their colleague, and that's Alicia. So, you know, that's where the, the lawsuit unfortunately has been compelled, and we are in the middle of that uh, as far as what the status is. You know, we uh, basically held off on uh, going more aggressively in the lawsuit in the hopes of trying to resolve it informally at this point that has not succeeded. And so now we're ramping up uh, in, in terms of what the formal procedures are in the litigation, which involves discovery, exchange, you know, taking depositions, that kind of thing. So those are the next steps that we're looking at. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, the retaliation goes on. We're, you know, Alicia is trying to get attention from the administration to do something. Uh, and, you know, she's been told, in effect, lawyers are telling them not to do stuff. I mean, that's what's extraordinary, too. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what, again, some of this is secondhand information, but the whole notion that lawyers would be restraining the administration from doing what's right in the midst of this lawsuit is insane. I just, it's, it's, it's just uh, incomprehensible because as lawyers, we have a responsibility to uphold the law fundamentally and, and to tell our clients to uphold the law. So if there is retaliation going on in a hostile work environment to which a, stu a student or a colleague or a, anyone is being subjected, that needs to be remedied right away, regardless of whether or not there's a lawsuit pending. It has, that has nothing to do with anything in a sense. So the legal responsibility is always there. Well, that will certainly work in your favor. And I, I do want to jump in and um, say, so just for timeline's sake, uh, with regards to what you were explaining earlier about uh, the retaliatory uh, incident after the meeting with the men's basketball coach and the vice president, one of the vice presidents, and there were a couple other people in that meeting, the balls being slammed against the door uh, were not normal kinds of tossing the ball against the wall or tossing the ball against the door. They were violently being thrown, slammed against the door, startling the people that were hearing this. And Danny, before you continue, I just want everyone to understand that it wasn't just a normal throwing the ball against the door. Not only that, there was name calling going on. So, and that was heard by multiple parties. So I want Shannon Jordan, one of the captains from this year's team from Riverside City College. Thanks for joining us today in the Sports Daily where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially incredibly courageous women's basketball players from Riverside City College. Yeah, thanks for including me. It was during media day. We were in the gym, you know, using the gym for media day. And it was our time, you know, we were within our time, within our time limits, using the gym as we were allowed to. And the men's team, they were throwing balls, yeah, like you said, violently at the door. It was very, it was not like an accidental hit. It was, it was hard. They were throwing the balls at the walls or pounding the balls in the hallway. It's like they were doing drills or something in the hallway. And then as we were walking out, one of the boys calls out to Coach Berber and he was like, why are you being so mean? And I was like, and I heard that on my own ears. So I was like, why are you being so, I was like, why are you throwing balls at the door? Like we are old enough, we're all adults to know right from wrong. So I heard that with my own ears. I was there for that. I was really like taken aback because we're too old to be doing this. He's gaslighting her. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Judy, go ahead and jump in. Yeah. What was the outcome of the meeting with the vice president? Um, well, the, the outcome of the meeting, I mean, it was just the meeting itself was just 
absolutely crazy. The men's coach jumped up out of his chair, had to be kind of held down by his assistant as he was yelling, calling me a liar, and that his student athletes wouldn't do the things that I said they were doing. And this was in front of the VP of Academic Affairs, the athletic director, the dean of code of conduct for students, the dean of kinesiology, the union rep. And they were yelling so loud. And he just kept yelling, why are you trying to jam me up, man? Talking to the union and pointing at the administrators. I've never been in here before. She's a liar. And they cautioned him to stop behaving in that manner until he, you know, they finally got him to sit down. And an administrator from the outside came in and said, you guys have to keep it down in here. The entire admission building can hear you. And then that meeting was memorialized in an email Thursday morning about the behavior. He said he would not come in that gym until 1.40 till his time, even if somebody was dying and bleeding, that he would not come in that gym. And then literally that email came out around 10.30 in the morning. And by 1.20, they're slamming the balls against the door. So 20, 20 minutes before, yeah. there's still 20 minutes to go. The original meeting with the vice president and all those other administrators on campus was for what purpose? Because the students, the prior week, uh, one of the students, the same student that Shannon is speaking about, came through my regular intramural basketball class. I asked him, could you leave? My class is starting. And his response was, you can ask me nicely. And I said, excuse me. He says, yeah, I said, you can ask me nicely. I didn't say anything to him anymore because they're trying to like get a rise out of me. And then he left and he came back as I was taking attendance and right in front of my face, just started yelling. Yeah, I see you coach. I see you coach. Like trying to like threaten me as he walked. That is a threat. That's not threatening you. That is a threat. So those I'm kind sorry. of behaviors and it was documented. And that's what that meeting was supposed to solve those issues. Flo, go ahead. If that happened in an English class, if a student walked in an English classroom and started doing that, that student would be suspended. They would be disciplined by the dean of students. So the fact that we're letting athletes or those students do that to you is egregious. And as a coach that you don't discipline that, then you're condoning it. Yeah, Flo, you're right. And this isn't a first-year coach. This is a veteran coach who's been coaching for a long time on the men's side. We've explained the uh, meeting, Judy, This the day after the first practice after the meeting was the ball slamming. And then the second practice after the meeting, one of the, was it the assistant coach, Alicia? That's, yeah, that's... so the assistant coach um, yesterday, we had finished weight training. So we were coming into our team room. And so there's a, there's a door into the gym that leads right there. So one of my players closed the door. So we're not interrupting their time because the door was open and the assistant coach decided to open it. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, hi, Alicia. And I just, it's just a way like a passive aggressive, ha ha, we're still here kind of thing, kind of attitude. Um, and they were supposed to have security for me yesterday. They didn't, but on Friday, I had a police officer and a police car out in front of the gym and a police officer um, sat in our practice for a good portion of the time. And that was probably the first time I ever felt comfortable in my practice for this semester, just knowing that the police officer was there. And as he left, he said, don't worry, we're watching. I have to get going on my rounds, but we're watching. You're going to be okay, coach. So the police officers were there to protect me. Um, yesterday, they weren't there. 
I emailed the administration. They told me to call them back. I did. They didn't call me back. And now there's an email circulating, which my lawyer doesn't know about this email yet because there's something every day. They're talking about getting cameras installed in and around the gym. Well, there's already cameras in and around the gym. They're just not activated. It's it's like just it's 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 ridiculous so counselor this is like we're living in the 60s and we're we're having to you know deal with segregation or you know things of this nature i mean this is literally what it sounds like it's i mean i just cannot wrap my head around this stuff you can't make this stuff judy go ahead real quick please go just a question is this the result of you trying to have gender equity for your team and that this is continued okay that's not a surprise and secondly, if the students are carrying on the way they are, obviously the coaches are encouraging that kind of behavior and sharing information that they shouldn't be sharing. So absolutely, thank you for saying that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Judy, I, I, to your point, really, and and you know this was alluded to before, I think by um, Coach Lapani. Yeah. Lapani, thank you. Uh, if this happens once, you know, are you as a coach you know, maybe you can disclaim responsibility, but this has been a pattern for months now. This is not just, and we've been reporting it timely, immediately, time and time again. And, and so we know the coaches are aware of it. They're copied on, on those emails, you know, so there's no question that they know about it. Moreover, they participated in it. I mean, the assistant coaches, head coach, they've all showed up early to her, her practice and, inter and interrupted the practice both uh, audibly as well as physically. This is nothing where students are doing it on their own. And again, to uh, Judy's point uh, and, and Flo's point, if you are not disciplining your students, then they're getting the message that it's okay. And, and not only that, but encouraged. Do it again, please. Because if you do it, I, as a coach, maybe I can get away with it in a sense. That's, I think, the maybe the underlying message, you know, and students generally speaking, are probably going to be handled more lackadaisically, for lack of a better word at the moment, right. um, you know, more relaxed in terms of the discipline by administration. The dean of students is less inclined to jump in on that. But that's why the coaches need to be doing it in the first instance. And frankly, at this point, it's a point where the coaches need to be disciplined too. Yeah, absolutely. Has there been any local media coverage? Interestingly enough, Riverside is so connected, scary connected. The Riverside Press Enterprise won't won't take this on. They, um, I know how the the lawsuit was shared. They will not take this on, and because everybody's so intertwined from the board of trustees to just everything here, our chancellor has two open sexual harassment lawsuits on him. And I believe one of them I heard just got settled. And he has another one where um, these are just, it's part of the culture. And so they won't take the story on. And I know our Title IX coordinator, she has shared with me, Alicia, there's nothing I can do. The lawyers won't let me intervene and do sensitivity trainings. And it just it's just out of control. Yeah. I want to thank you, Michael. I have to jump off to a mediation. Yeah. But Cheryl, why don't you go ahead and jump in because... Um... You know, you've seen a lot of things like uh, Judy has, you know, from the W to Cal State LA to everything in between. And, you know, I, I meant what I said about, you know, it wasn't hyperbole. 
it really feels like we're living in the stone ages. Like I just, you know, and we're doing something about it, right? We're mobilizing. We're not just complaining about it. We're right. actually trying to do right. something about it and get the word out, mm-hmm. you know, get people to look at the shirts, buy the shirts, you know, make it a national story, even international story. But, but tell us, you know, your feelings about the whole thing. Cause I know you're, you know, it's rough. I, I'm chomping at the, you know, but I don't want to get angry because that's what they want. That's what they want. And the sad thing that I need to somehow wrap my head around is, wow, society, humanity, are we here again? Really? Where we don't, we can't even have a dialogue or any type of, and the problem that I'm viewing now are, are people who feel entitled to say and do what they want and not having parameters, administrators, presidents in place to sit up and say, no, you're wrong, easy. And until they wanna dig the roots, like my mom used to say, a plant's not bad, you gotta dig the roots. And the roots are so deep and ingrained and in the mentality, and again, an entitlement that I, I I can say whatever I want, I can do whatever I want. And for, I can't even call them men's basketball team, boys, boys basketball team. You were raised by a woman. Right. And, you, and you've got a sister, a daughter, an auntie. Right. To be that disrespectful to women, that's, well, and, that's, where, I, that's where I can't get my head around. And to Judy's point, how pervasive it is, and it's been the department chair, it's been several athletic directors, it's uh, colleagues, it's players, it's literally across the board, administrators. I mean, it is um, something that I've, I've, I've never personally seen before, uh, this long, this across the board. Yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, you know, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, 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 I'm like a glass half full instead of half empty. My greatest concern is for her safety, for Coach Berber's safety, because if players can feel the entitlement to bounce balls aggressively, and her players hear this, that's what I'm worried about, guys. I'm worried about her personal safety. Well, that's justifiable. Yeah, and Alicia said that she, if they're not gonna provide uh, security for her, that she's gonna have to pay for it herself, which is just, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, she's gotta feel safe while she's at work. Well, I think one of the things that I do, what I've done is I lock myself in my office every day. I only come out you know, whether I need to use a restroom or teach my class, and then I'm back in my office. And yesterday, when there was no security around or police presence, I just get my table and my chair for my class, and I put it right next to the emergency exit. So if anybody enters the class and wants to do anything aggressively, I will do my best with my broken knees and run up those stairs up and out of the building. Um, I do different things, and I've survived different ways, and I know it's not normal. Even my players, I don't answer my door. I've explained to them the office door, just text me. Or when you knock on my door, you know, hey coach, it's Shannon. Then I open the door, but I don't open the door for anybody knocking because I don't have any windows. And that's that's a form of 
of my own protection. protection. Another contact for you might be the National Women's Law Center. Yeah. They might be able to give you some resources, some assistance, some suggestions. Yeah. You reach out to whoever might be in a position to help you with your strategy. Paul's been sitting on the call. He, uh, yeah. He's getting ready to go play a, a game at, I think, Butte today. Wow. Yeah. So he Paul, was thanks for jumping on. And you want to share your thoughts on this situation? I know you've been doing this a long time and we've had our battles. I, I just appreciate everybody. I'm not sure I have much to add, but I, I was a president of the Coaches Association the last three years. And this isn't this isn't an isolated incident. It happens wow. on a lot of campuses. Not to the extent that Alicia is experiencing this right now. It's much more subtle. Um, coaching women's basketball for 40 years, I've I, it's rare when I have a men's coach who does not impede upon my practice. And I think a lot of people who coach women's basketball who are males and females have had similar experiences. I just want to emphasize what Cheryl said about Alicia's um, safety. I think that um, right now is really important. A college not paying very close attention to that is unbelievable. Secondly, I, I think <laughs> this is a lesson for all of us. You know, um, once, once, we, once we begin to make strides and gains um, in our culture, in our society, we, we, we have to be vigilant to, to just stay right on it and not to, not to lose those, those gains. I really feel Cheryl's, um, I saw Cheryl play I've seen everybody play. I'm 68. And um, I, saw, I saw Cheryl just play. Baby, I, I'm coach. sorry. I saw Cheryl play at Riverside Poly. And <laughs> just um, the baby, coach. And two <laughs> and two of my two of my players have played for Cheryl. If anyone has seen the progress that was made, and Judy probably also, and and then can really feel the pain of progress lost, it's Cheryl. And um, she is the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time. And she, she is someone who is a, is a, you know, her, her basketball resume and her basketball life is unparalleled. Um, the other thing Judy brought up the, um, there is a board, a community college board of directors, and um, there is a chancellor, the state chancellor's office. That office needs to be contacted immediately. Most of all, I feel for Elise's players. Well, my team, is going to play Elisa's team on Friday night. And the reason we're coming to that game, coming to that tournament, is to support Alicia and her players. And um, just to be there and to see that situation firsthand and to support Alicia. So um, so thank you for having me on this. I just wanted to put that, a little that, exclamation point. You know what's right, what's wrong, what needs to be fixed. And yep. I don't know if RCC can be fixed as is because what they have in place from top to bottom is not working. It's not exactly. working. And so, you know, that's why I'm lending, you know, putting up my hands where, and this, this is my backyard. That's where yep. I was born and raised. I can't tolerate it. I won't tolerate it. And it needs to be changed. Not only for the young ladies, but our future, our future. And like you said, we, we make progress, coach, and now we're taking steps backwards and how hard it took us to get where we are. 
Exactly. And an organization is willing, an institution is willing to take steps backwards. Come on, come on. Ridiculous. And I think that's, I think it's, it's more an indictment on society right now and where we are, unfortunately. Right. Alicia. Exactly. Alicia, going back to all of our concern about your safety, are you documenting everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I know that you have because I read your lawsuit. I know you've done a really good job of that. But I think my you, little book. <laughs> I think you need to write a letter to the administration and copy the community college chancellor's office that you are concerned for your safety. And these are the reasons why. They can't ignore if somebody is concerned about their safety and then right. they do nothing about it. And heaven forbid something happens to you. They well, will we're not uh, we're we're not gonna let that happen because I have things in place. Okay. I have things in place and people coming that will assist her. You're right about the documentation and let them know they the notice has been served. You've been they, served. They have a responsibility for her safety, and especially if they already provided policemen to make sure you were safe and then all of a sudden they're mm -hmm. doing it again all of that needs to be documented yeah mm -hmm. and then that's the thing that concerned me yesterday and right. uh, and the uh the player the student code of conduct the dean said the student's going to get a warning and then the next time and i just it just it just it's nerve-wracking for me and and like i said i stay in here and then sometimes I'll wait till my assistant coaches get here so I can walk out together with them for practice. You know, I've survived like this for so long and it's just become part of my behavior. What I don't realize is when I go out, how it's affected me, how I behave differently. Yeah, it's escalating. And it's beyond that point where now we need, you know, the proper people to know and to be notified and to be served notice that they understand this is not just harassment. I don't like you. She doesn't like me. I, this is beyond that. Where players, we're talking about boys, want to feel that they have the entitlement to talk to a respected coach. Are you kidding me? Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. Sorry, Alicia. And I, I just did a 10-minute special on this entire thing also. For those of you listening and want to go back, uh, I highlighted a lot of the things that Alicia's had to deal with, um, the medications, you know, the emotional trauma, uh, the PTSD over wanting equality the thing that's so um sad to me is i have personally called administrators and the emails that my um, lawyer is referring to all the board of trustees everybody knows everybody knows and i have pleaded for somebody to just help me and to get a response well the lawyers are going to take care of it and we can't get involved and i've i've pleaded with them over the phone please help me 
and they won't help me. That's why it has to go to a higher authority. Absolutely. Yeah, and it has to go beyond Riverside just because right. Riverside, it's it's just, it's they're so tied together in their culture. I mean, even the, the news or the, the press enterprise, they don't want to put it out there. They put my first lawsuit out there when they were accusing me of all sorts of craziness. And then as soon as it turned against the college, like then they just shut it all down. So they were willing to put everything out there when it was attacking me. And then when it was all proven um, that all those things were lies and what they were doing was true. And then they just, they shut it down. Yeah. I mean, I, I've contacted NBC Los Angeles and I will continue to be persistent. Like I said, I'm going to be posting about this every day, contacting media outlets every day until, you know, we get this story to go where it needs to go. Um Anything else, ladies? Yeah. I just have a, another question. Yeah, go ahead, Judy. Ultimately, what would you like to see happen? Great oh, point. my goodness. Great question. Well, in the kinesiology side of the world, I would love for our department chair not to be in place anymore. He has abused his power for the last 20 years. He's only been our, he's been our department chair. He's the only department chair that I've ever known since I've been employed here uh, since 1999. Um, Steve Siglock, I mean, he's abused his power. The, the male coaches, uh, work with him. I'll give you a, a perfect example. I finally, as a full-time employee was assigned an overtime class for the spring. Finally got my schedule together. And then I got an email a couple weeks later that said, oh, sorry, the football coach is going to exercise his right of seniority. And they took that away from me not to fulfill his teaching load, but to take my overtime to give himself overtime. And it's legal because it's within the department operations. Yes. And they did to me that they did that to me the first lawsuit where when I was part-time at the time, Judy, they took away classes. And so at the end of the day, I lost my house because they took away my living and they did it legally, if you want to say, but it wasn't right. And so they continue to do that. They manipulated the department operations and they manipulated it where I'm just on a hamster wheel on the bottom. Change the caps. Change the, the student caps. Right. Oh, we're going to cancel your class because you can't fill it. And then just to find out that the department chair, he had like a cap of 10 people on his class. So it was easy for him to fill. Um, so what I want to see is I want an entire audit of this entire kinesiology department because they will see that there's classes that didn't even Absolutely. exist. They had football theory classes that ran from seven to two in the afternoon in a small classroom across campus that's physically human and possibly for to teach. A football coach is out on the field doing walkthroughs for football, but yet he's supposed to be teaching in person across campus that it's fraud, it's academic fraud. And we have that in our kinesiology department. And I used to be afraid to talk about that because this is my school. I love RCC, but I'm so tired. So when you say, what would I want to see happen? I want it done right. So the next young lady or even gentleman that takes over my program, that they could come in and, and have an onboarding uh, process and know that, you know, they're going to have equal rights to classes and 
not always be stuck in activity classes. I barely got to teach lecture courses when I became full-time and then they limited the lecture courses I could teach. You know, I've had 13 surgeries on my body. I can only take so many walking classes, jogging for fitness classes, weight training classes. I mean, it's constant, you know, even though I'm not lifting the weights, um, it's constantly, constantly having to be, you know, physical with my body. And most recently they, they, somebody, some random person said, where's Alicia? And I was in my office waiting for my walking students because that's what we do when they go on their walk. If they go off campus on the track, I start with them. I stretch with them. I do my class the way I'm supposed to. And uh, the dean said, well, you have to be in line of sight of your class and you need to walk with your class. And I said, what are you talking about? I have to walk with my class. Does that mean I have to play basketball with my athletes? Do I have to lift weights with my students? Um, So then I had to change from the nice routes around Riverside with my students walking to just the track to make sure that, you know, if anybody's looking for me and then just to find out that the department chair, he didn't know that one of the students took several of my classes. He approached her and said, oh, was your walking class canceled today? You know, I'm the department chair. I know when she cancels class. Well, of course he knows when I cancel class. I reported to him as a department chair. So he was getting one of the students involved who ended up writing a statement um, because she felt uncomfortable. And she said, coach, I'm going to write a statement on your behalf. And I turned that into administration. Um, So a whole audit of the kinesiology department to get it right would be awesome. How's that for an answer, Judy? Well, I commend you. And I'm just just shaking my head that you have the persistence to continue this battle. Um, And you said you love the school. It's your school. You love your school. Uh, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, in our in our athletics department, you know, God forbid I bring anything up for the old boy network around here. I've always been told shut up, Alicia, keep your head down and just win games. Don't worry about if you're going to be on a bus that has flies. And last year we were on a bus and they apologized because the scheduling and that's all that was there. We have pictures of us sitting on a bus going up to Visalia close to Fresno. And it's just like the flies were having babies. We had a fly. We couldn't open the window if we were in a bus. Up. The only window we had was the emergency window. So, I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me. And they they said, oh, we can't. They just told me recently, uh, we'll have somebody drive the vans if your coaches can't drive them. I said, I want a bus. Just not anymore. I'm not dealing with this anymore. You know, it's, I, I need a bus for my team. You have been more than patient. And quite honestly, I don't know how you have withstood all of that. Right. It appears to me that you have so many violations against them. So now the trick is, how do we get it turned around? And I don't know if your settlement is... Litigation. Litigation. Right. But is your litigation going to be that they're going to make all these changes, which it sounds like they're not capable of doing? Or is your litigation for some kind of a a financial settlement that you can get out of there? 
Well, I, I've said this um, a long time ago. They couldn't pay me $10 billion to get away from my team. I love my team. I love the, the girls. I don't even know how I'm going to normally be ready to retire because it's just one team comes in and you want to see them finish through and the next team. Um, I don't know. Like financially, I've already told anybody that asked me, I could care less if they can make this right. And I just don't think they're willing to make it right. I mean, the men's coach kind of chuckled at me a while back after he called me a pariah of athletics and don't F with people's livelihood. He um, he said, oh, you're not going to get anything out of this. You don't have the, the female coaches support with you. Well, I do have the female. Well, I know one for sure. Um, but she does it indirectly because yeah. she's, a, she's afraid. I mean, who, who would want to be in my situation? So she'll talk to me away from the group. But when the group comes, she doesn't talk to me. And at first I was offended by that. But now I understand why she doesn't. That's not unusual because they're concerned about their own job and they're not willing like you've done. But this isn't about them. This is about you and what you've experienced and what your team has experienced. And that's where the focus needs to be. Yeah, I, you know, people have asked me this question since the first podcast that we did. Um, Alicia, how do you, how do you do this after, you know, well, people will read the lawsuit from having a coach out of a wheelchair. And I don't know, maybe it just draws me back to athletics. Everybody said you couldn't be a D1 athlete. Well, I was, I mean, one of the things I wanted to do is they interviewed me back in 1996. I wanted to come back and take my coach's job. And I did. And I know I have a, a will and a strength. Um, but I would say it's certainly been tested. Yeah, understandable, more than tested. And the fact that you've been able to put up with that is frankly unbelievable because most people would not be able to withstand that. So as I said before, I commend you for your strength, but I share the concern about your safety. And it's not just the overt aggressive behavior. It's the microaggressions. It's the covert passive aggressiveness that will eat at you and and get under your skin day in and day out over three decades we're in the third decade of this nonsense already like i know cheryl and i talked about this last time there's no way that i would have been able to have the type of discipline and professionalism that alicia has displayed oh, no, no, no. there's absolutely you know no way what? you and i you and i are on the same page because i was raised you know three brothers I know how to fight and I have a Doberman personality type because it takes one time for you to sit up there and nip at me and I will bite. And I'm so tired. And and what I think is being lost in this whole thing is Alicia is a mom. She's a mom. She's a mother. And a wife. Of a son and a daughter. And her daughter is seeing all this, guys seeing all this and she's having to raise her to know that she has a voice and what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and god bless coach i'm telling you right now i think you're awesome because i couldn't have done it i know i couldn't have done it and speaking of my daughter i thought it was the cutest thing yesterday i didn't know what she wanted to be for halloween she came (laughs) home from school and she dressed up like me she had my knee brace she had my whistle 
No. She had my practice plan. <laughs> oh my god! And um, she, she, she was wearing my whole outfit yesterday, and so we took a picture, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, because I I know sometimes I see my little girl. She's so tough. She's just so tough. Her mom. She takes after her. She's tough. She's very tough. Um, so that was cute. That was her outfit, and she was blowing her whistle at me she goes get on the line <laughs> <laughs> get on the line <laughs> and she's being actively recruited by Flo Lupani and you know all my is. coaching friends in the junior college you don't want to play for your mom come play for us um, <laughs> but she is she is a tough little girl and and you know my son and my daughter uh were raised here they were with me all the time in strollers um it's been a whole family affair. Um, I've even employed my husband to be the announcer, just anything and anything under the sun. We've, we've, we've done it. Cheryl's been at the games where, you know, uh, my daughter's running up to the snack bar, bringing Cheryl a hot dog with extra mayonnaise. Um, Actually, no, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't lie. It's two hot dogs. <laughs> two hot dogs. Two hot dogs. <laughs> But um, my my kids, I, I I've actually shared with them. I said, "What if, uh, what if it's time for mom to go to another job?" And Athena said, "No, mom, that's your school. That's tough because that's all they know. That's all they know. They grew up here. They, I mean, everybody's closet. We go to parties, and everybody, one of us, somebody is wearing an RCC T-shirt." <laughs> so that that's tough to hear my kids like no mom you can't go I said oh that's okay what if I change gears and what if I go to a university what if I go to a you know a different school um they joke around and they say well the only university you can go to is USC you can't go to your school Washington <laughs> State um so yeah so Judy I would I would just like to see change I don't think RCC really understands that. I'm not trying to destroy the institution. I just want to see good happening from like this day on. Just let Alicia. Just it's it's not that they Alicia. It's not that they don't understand it. They don't want to change. Right. That's yeah. it. Plain and simple. They don't want to change. And until you, from top to bottom. And they clean that whole thing up. Yeah. It won't change, unfortunately. Is change possible? Absolutely. But you have to want it. You have to desire it. And it's tough to get people that are tenured out of those positions. That's the other very, very difficult part Great point. of all of this. Judy, I'll give you the last word before Alicia, and then uh, we will continue to follow up on this story, and uh, we will all use our platforms. Um, to uh, share this story and put pressure on the institution for the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons. If you ever want to give me a call and talk, happy to talk with you. really think you should talk to Diane Militinovich at Fresno State. She's a bulldog and she put up with a lot of the same stuff that you've had to put up with. And it, it got pretty ugly. I've said this before, I commend you. I do want to say, I know it would be hard, but at some point when you're beating your head against the wall and you can't get any changes, you need to acknowledge that 
maybe that's not the right place for you to be because you have more to offer than what they're allowing you to do. Absolutely. Amen. I just talked to her about that last week. <laughs> Because uh, you'd be an asset and uh, not only to a program, but to a community and a state. Mm -hmm. Great, great role model. Great role model. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Judy. All right. Any final words, uh, Alicia? Um, powerful stuff. And, um, you know, we got to make sure that we just continue to share the story. So, you know, resonate. Be safe. With people. Yeah. yeah. Be safe. Be safe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I, I appreciate this and just, Thank you for doing this, um, because I think every time I talk about it, it just kind of allows me to breathe a little bit better. And um, yeah. it allows you to exhale. And I want you to know there are more people that have your back that don't. Just know that. Judy, aren't you glad you didn't hire me in 1990? I would never be doing this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Proud of you. Proud of you. Thanks, Judy. All right, we'll be in touch awesome. soon. All right, okay, Cheryl. You. Love you guys. All right, you guys. Good, talk soon. Good luck you. Friday, Alicia. Thank you. All right, talk to you all, all right. soon. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Uh, powerful stuff from three incredible women. And if you don't think women deserve seats at the table, after hearing what they had to say, including Flo Lapani and her captain, uh, Shannon Jordan, who joined us today as well. Uh, thanks to Paul DeBolt. And there are a lot of people who support Alicia. And we just need to continue to be vigilant and share this story uh, nationally and certainly at the state level. And I will be doing that. As I said earlier, I have contacted the LA Times, the Washington Post, the New York Times, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, ESPNW, and we cannot stay silent anymore. We cannot be afraid to speak out for these kinds of injustices. Until next time, this is Hootie Hoot. Thanks for joining us today. Much love, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us. Boy, that was phenomenal. Great job and much love to everyone. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co. 40 Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand. And they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible and uh, they have my full support. And also wanted to remind all of you, if you're having a tough time, you can always call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline and that number is 988, that's it. All you gotta do is dial 988 from any phone. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, 
Breaking Tea and Moolah Kicks, which you can see right here up on the screen. You can search them online at breakingtea.com and moolahkicks.com. And if you'd like to support us at the Sports Deli, we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or feel free to make a donation monthly, either 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. If you have uh, questions about that, send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, you can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. There's a link at the bottom to support the show. Please check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com and remember gents and ladies, Please remember to do your monthly self-breast examinations. And remember, guys, this afflicts about 1,500 men annually, with about a third of those resulting in death. So we want to make sure that we do our monthly self-breast examinations, both men and women. And guys, remember to do your self-testicular examinations every month as well. Until next time, remember it takes a village. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember, it takes a village. Much love, everybody. Peace.